Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Great to see you today. If you're a guest today, then a big welcome to you. My name is Dave, I'm one of the, the pastors here and it's really good to and a privilege to be able to unlock the word this morning. Um, today we're starting a brand new teaching series called Celeb- Celebrating Character. And uh, um, a sports coach called John Wooden once said, Ability may get you to the top, but it takes character to, give, to, to keep you there. Ability might take you to the top, but it takes character to keep you there. And it's true, isn't it? In our culture that we live in, the culture we live in celebrates the externals. It celebrates success, what success looks like on a person, how many friends they've got, or friends on Facebook, or followers, or, or how much money they've got in a bank account. But the reality is, in God's economy, he's always, always looking at the heart. He's looking at the internal. He's looking at our character. And so, thank you. And so in this series, we're looking to look at um, several characters in the Bible. The Bible is literally littered with different characters that we can look at. And I love the Bible because there's characters... People, there's no one perfect in the Bible, apart from Jesus. And there's things that we can learn, good and bad, in each of the different characters. But we're going to be celebrating the particular one or two things about a different character that we can celebrate and learn from and try and apply it into our lives. And so today I'm going to be looking at the character of King David. Every person that is speaking is choosing their own character, and perhaps one that relates to them that they relate to. So we're looking at King David today in our series called Celebrating character. Excuse me, I want to take a glass of water. So, King David. Living in a household full of children is a real challenge, okay? I'm sure you can, you've either are there or been there, or if not, maybe there in the future. But children. But one of the things about living in a house full of children is you get to watch some children's TV programs. So, hands up if you've seen or heard Bob the Builder. Come on, don't be shy. Bob the Builder. Bob the Builder. Bob the Builder. Fantastic. We've been there. We've done it. We've got the T-shirt. Bob the Builder. Can we fix it? Bob the Builder. Yes, we can. And if you, when that, imagine a house where that goes on, on and on and on, and you go to sleep, not just thinking about Jesus, but thinking about Bob. <laughs> Not Bob Page, <laughs> but Bob the Builder. Um, and uh, is it interesting? I love that. I love the positive mes- message of that. Can we fix it? Yes, we can. And sometimes if we're honest, we think, go through life thinking, I don't know if I can do that. Can you relate to that? I don't know if I'm really able to do that. I've got something coming up. Am I able to, to go through that well? Maybe, maybe a job interview or an exam or, or just life or the pressures of life. Am I able to get through that date? Be honest. As adults, we, we go through different challenges and think, am I really going to be able to do that? And I love the positivity, the, uh, um, the yes uh, attitude of that, of yes, we can. It's brilliant. Really good for children. And children don't have those limitations, do they? If you ask a child from a young age, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's always inspirational stuff. It's not like, I just want to exist. I just want to get by. No, it's, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a fireman, firefighter. I want to be a policeman. I want to, I want to be, um, I don't know, president of the United States. 
or I want to be the Prime Minister of Great Britain. You know, it's never limited stuff. It's 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 wild. It's it's full of it's fueled by optimism and hope. And there's no holes barred. There's no challenges. There's no obstacles. Don't remember that. I remember if you look back into your life when you were a child, maybe five, six, seven years old. I wonder what you wanted to be when you grew up. Do you know what? You're not grown up yet. You're still growing. If you're still alive, we're still growing. What do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. What do you want to be five years from now? What do you want to be when you grow up? I'm not patronizing, but we're always growing. And the Bible, not the Bible, but the, the definition of life is change. And we're gro- changing and we're growing. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? What did you want to be? And what did you, do you want to be in the future? And I'm reminded of a, a story um, about, about starfish. Um, there was once upon a time this, this, this young boy on, the, on the, this beach. And it's literally littered. littered the, the tide had gone out. And as the tide had gone out, it's littered with all these countless Hundreds, thousands of starfish that have been washed up on the, the shore. And what this boy was doing, he was taking a starfish and throwing it back into the water. Taking another one, throw it back into the water. And one day, this elderly gentleman was observing this young boy taking his starfish and throw it back in the water. He thought, you know, I'm going to have a conversation with this young boy. So he approached the boy and says, what are you doing, lad? What are you doing, son? He says, I'm just uh, throwing the starfish back into the water. And the elderly gentleman just looked at the, 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 the landscape and the literally thousands of starfish. He says, but does it really matter? Look how many there are. And the young boy looked at the, the man in the eyes and says, it mattered to that starfish. And isn't it true in life? We all want to do things that matter. Children, when you ask them what do you want to be when you grow up, they want to do things that matter. And if we're honest today, we want to do things that matter. In our families, we want to do things that matter. We want to raise children so that they can have, live a life and we can perhaps teach them some of the things that we've done wrong and teach them good principles to live by. Maybe as a husband and wife couple, you want to live a life that matters. In your workplace, you want to make a difference. You don't want to just do your work and, and pay the bills, but you want to leave a legacy. You want to do something that matters. Maybe in your community where you live, surrounded by neighbours, you might think, well, what can I really do there? But in your heart, deep down, you want to do something that matters. And one of the things we think about when we think about King David is he left a legacy. A legacy that mattered. David wasn't just thinking about himself. He was thinking about other people, another generation. A generation of other people that are going to go before him and after him. But he wanted to do something that mattered. As we look at the story of, of King David, there's many things we could pick at. We could think about you know, how he used to worship the Lord on the mountains as he was a shepherd boy and look after the sheep and guard and protect the sheep. Or we could think about how he, he fought with bravery and, and tenacity, that giant called Goliath, where everyone else was, was carrying with fear. David picked up his, his, his stones and his slingshot and killed a giant. How David became king, but spent many years running away from King Saul because King Saul wanted him dead. We could look at anything, but we're not going to focus on that today. We're going to focus on the fact that David wanted to leave a legacy. He wanted his life to count, and he wanted his life to matter, and the things that he did to matter. 
The main thing I'm just thinking about today is these, this statement here. Leaving a legacy requires a shift from self to selflessness. Leaving a legacy requires a shift from self to selflessness. And today I'm not looking at the word self in a negative way. I'm looking at the word self as a very positive thing as we'll unpack it as we read the Bible in a few moments. Leaving a legacy requires a shift from self to selflessness. So if you have your Bible, we're going to see what we can learn from um, the character and lessons of King David. So please, if you can, if you can turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 8. And verse, we're going to read from verses probably 14 to 19, actually. And uh, just have to say that this is a time when King David is dead. King David has passed away. And this is um, his son Solomon speaking at the, if you like, the completion of the building of the temple. A significant building, the first ever temple um, that the Israelites at the time used to worship as a, a group of people. So verse 14, then the king, that Solomon, turned around and blessed the whole assembly of Israel while all the assembly of Israel were standing. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel who spoke with his mouth to my father David and with his hand has fulfilled it, saying, since the day that I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel in which to build a house that my name might be there. I chose David to be over my people, Israel. This is God speaking to David years ago. God was saying, you know, I didn't choose to have a house. I never chose to have a temple. I chose a person to rule and to lead. Now, verse 17, now it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. Can everyone say heart? It was in David's heart to build God a house, to build God a temple. It wasn't in the heart of God. God never said, I want a temple. God was content in the, using the Ark of the Covenant and that dwelling in tents at the time. And what happened one day is David was in his house, his luxury house, and he thought one day, do you know what? Here I am in a luxury house, yet the Ark of the Covenant is in a tent. I want to build God a house. Church is where we look at ourselves and yourself. What is in your heart? What is in your heart? But the Lord said to my father David, whereas it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. So even God is saying, it's good that it was in your heart. I never planned it. I mean, God knows all things. God knew it would be in David's heart. But he never spoke to David to instruct him to build a house. But he said he did well that it was in your heart. Because he knew that David wanted good things and God, David was a worshipper of the Lord. Nevertheless, you shall not build the temple, but your son will come from your body. He shall build a temple for my name. Wonderful. What's in your heart, church? What's in your heart? It wasn't, he wasn't instructed to do it. And he wasn't allowed to do it because he was a man of warfare. He shed blood. So he wasn't allowed to do it. But God gave his son Solomon peace and rest from wars. And it was down to his, his son to build the temple. Who here has ever been to a Christian conference? 
or a big, big Christian gathering. Let's put it that way. I'm sure many of us have. And maybe we've experienced different things where God is moving. In 2008, I was um, watching the God TV and there was uh, what was tend to be happening, like some sort of revival happening in Florida. And I just said, this is, we just had Daniel, uh, the only child we had. And I just said to Leanne, let's go out there. So literally, we literally in a matter of days, we just booked tickets and we flew out to Florida for a week. And um, it, was, it was amazing. It was inspiring. Um, God did something in my heart then as a result of just, I think, to stepping out of faith. What happened to the revival there to, to me? I don't know. But we like to see what's happening. We like to see the move of God. And some people have two gods. A God, that takes, God that's happening in a revival and a big gathering. But when we go to our local church, what's really happening? Is God really there? Well, it's not new, new news, but God is the same God. Whether it's in a big gathering, a smaller gathering, God is the same God. And do you know what? God cannot do anything more for you and me. He can't. He's already sent his son. He's always filled us with the Holy Spirit, if we ask him to. We've got the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now he says, get on. Get on and be the move of God. Be the move of God. You are the move of God. God can no longer pour himself out. It's up to us as the church to pour ourselves out. Amen? We're going to pour ourselves out. But God asks you today, every single one of us in the room, what's in your heart? I'm a great believer that God directs us partly by the passions and desires that are in our hearts. Now, there can be bad passions, yeah? But there can be godly passions. You can have a a stirring in your heart. I'd, I'd love to do that one day. I'd love to try that. But then our adult hat comes on and says, I could never do that because of constraint, limitation, resource, how you feel about yourself. But God... Today, church, wants you to look in your heart and say, what's in your heart? What desire may be in seed form even now? And don't worry if you are 60, 70 plus, it doesn't matter. Whatever the age, what is in your heart? We're still growing up. Amen? We might have life experience on our side, but we're still growing up. Like we'd ask a a small child, what do you want to be? What do you want to be? What's in your heart? And God was thrilled with what was in David's heart. He really was. He was thrilled. He never directed him. But David wants to build God a house, a temple for the living God. What is in your house? Look at yourself today. Not the way you look, your inner self. And what is stirring in you? What is stirring in your heart? God wants to unlock that. You may not know how to unlock that. And that's why we are a community of people. People that want to spur each other on to greater things. And sometimes what's in your heart, you cannot unlock by yourself. That's why we are the church. People say, I want to be, the, uh, I want to be a Christian and stay at home. You can't do that because God celebrates community. And in community and relationship, we can unlock the passions and the dreams that are in our hearts. What is in your heart this morning? 
I'll move on from that. The thing about David is, and I, this is why I can relate to David, is one moment he's doing some great things. Another moment he um, is, uh, he's, he's basically sinned. And so what we see here in 1 Chronicles 21, he's sinned and, 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 and God has, has sent this, this, this plague. And David wants to, he realizes that to, to pay is, there's always a price to pay for us, isn't there? And the price David has to pay is he wants to buy a plot of land. It's actually a threshing floor where they used to sift the, weight and the, the, the wheat and the grain. And it's from Ornan the Jebusite. And he wants to buy this, this plot of land so that he may build an altar and worship God there so that the, the plague would relent. And Ornan the Jebusite says this in, in, one, in 1 Corinthians chapter 21 and, and previous verses. says, you know, let me give you the land. I'm going to give you the land free of charge. Let me just give it to you, King David. And what I'll also do, I'll give you some oxen, I'll give you some wheat, I'll give you all the tools that you need to sacrifice and to worship God on the land that I'm going to give you. And David says this, and one thing about this is, David, is this. This member we're looking at moving from self to selflessness. David said to Ornan, No, but I will surely buy it for the full price, for I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor nor offer burnt offerings with that which costs me nothing. And who knows? Things just cost money, don't they? Things cost in life. If I ask you the question, what's the price of a soul? What's the price of someone that doesn't yet know Jesus? We can't count that. We can't count that. But David knew that to worship the Lord cost him. And church today, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about sacrifice. I'm talking about selflessness. Moving from self, what's in your heart, to selflessness. Interesting thing about this, this threshing floor was in Mount Moriah, the same place where Abraham almost sacrificed Isaac. It's a place that represents the testing of sacrifice, the testing of selflessness. Church, God wants you and I to take step up a gear in being selfless. It's hard because we're battling our constant carnal nature, natural nature of wanting to look after ourselves, our own world. But God wants us to become increasingly selfless for the kingdom of God. What is the price of a soul? You can't measure it but it requires selflessness. And then just moving on very quickly. David was not allowed by the Lord to build the temple, but he did everything he possibly could to set it up so his son had everything he, had, could, he could have. All the workers, the resource, the plans so his son could then manage that and see that temple built. And I love this. David said, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all countries. I will now make preparation for it. So David made abundant preparations before his death. David, the thing he had in his heart was to see a house of God built. He never ever saw it built. He never saw it built. 
Maybe the thing you have in your house, you'll never, ever in your lifetime see it come to pass. Maybe you will. But you can do everything possible within your power with the help of God to see that thing come about. Because God wants to move the thing that's within your heart, the self, to see his will accomplished. But that takes you moving from self to selflessness. Does that make sense? Selflessness. It's what the kingdom of God is about. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We all have needs. God says, I know you have needs. Put first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. So what can we learn just in in closing about this? Leaving a legacy requires a shift from self, the thing that's in your heart, to selflessness. What does that look like for you and I today? Leaving a legacy, leaving a legacy that matters, number one means understanding yourself. I want to ask you afresh today. I want to ask you and challenge you to go away from this place and to ask God and to ask yourself and to ask one, two or three other people in your world, what do you see in me? But ask yourself, what's in my heart for the future? What's in my heart for the kingdom of God? I'm not asking the question, what's in my heart? Well, I'd like to go and live in this country. or It could be related to that. But it might be connected with the things of God. I'm not saying, I want to be a millionaire. What's in my heart? God, what are you stirring? Maybe for many years you've had this idea, this thought that has never gone away. Understand yourself. Ask someone. Talk to someone about it. Another Christian. I've got this thought that won't go away. Well, maybe you should do X, Y, and Z about it. What's in your heart, church? Understand yourself. Number two, understand LCC, Life Community Church's vision. We are going forward, church, and God has placed things in our heart for this community of believers that's going to impact our local community, the nation, and internationally, the nations of the world. A growing church, a small church, but we can still make a difference. As Bob the Builder says, can we fix it? Yes, we can. We can play our part with God's help. So understand how, what part you can play. And it's not about attending Sunday on a, on a Sunday morning service. It's not about that. This is our time of corporate gathering to come. But it's saying, God, what can I do? What can you do, church, to get involved? To take us going forward. But it's going to take every single one of us to understand where we're going and to play our part. And finally, leaving a legacy takes a step towards selflessness. Some people say, well, I'm just selfish. And I would say, what are you going to do to not be selfish? Naturally, I can be very selfish. And if we're honest, we all can be selfish. But that's no good anymore. As a Christian, that's no excuse. That's no excuse. I cannot remain selfless. So what am I going to give? What am I going to give what step am I going to take towards selflessness, moving beyond? Because God won't do it for you. And the good thing is, is this. One thing I've realized is when God created the earth and God created man, he set man, Adam, in the garden. And he says, I've given you authority. So that means we need to invite God. There in this room are great prayers. There's prayers that have not been said that we need you to pray. 
If you connect with prayer, it doesn't matter whether it's, maybe you haven't got the eloquence of prayer. It doesn't matter. It's in the heart. We need your prayers. We need your prayers about where God is taking us to the church. Pray. Pray. Everyone pray. You can all do that. There's no one that cannot pray here. You've got to move from selflessness, selfishness to selflessness. We can pray. Yeah? We can pray for the people that are going to be affected, who are going to walk in this building, that are in debt, in poverty, and in Jesus' name will be lifted out of poverty. You can pray about that. Amen? You can pray. You can give. You can give your money. I thank God. Literally, hear my heart, church. I thank God for every penny, every pound that has been invested in the vision of the church. Currently stands at £5,350. Isn't that amazing? I thank God. Let's give God a, a, a clap. Come on. But God hasn't given that. God hasn't given us that money. It's you. Thank you. Thank you. And maybe there's some people here today that you haven't yet given. And you're on the valley of decision thinking, should I give, should I not give? And God's even put a, a, a figure in your mind. Give. Give. All we've got to do is be obedient to what God wants us to do. And that's us moving from selfishness to selflessness. We've just given whatever we've given. It's like, okay, what do you want us to give, God? We've got a figure. We'll give it. That's us being obedient. Are you being obedient to the Lord? That's all we've got to do. Ask God and be obedient. Step out. We can give money. We can also give of our time. Give our time. And we're all at different seasons. And, um, and, I, and I appreciate that. And, if, and there's changing seasons in life. There's some seasons where we cannot do so much through different things like health or, or work patterns. And other seasons where we can do a bit more. Some seasons where we feel we can't do much, but don't let that be an obstacle to you. You can still pray, perhaps still turn up. You'd have to be doing lots of stuff. But God wants every single person to be involved. No one is excluded. I'm talking to everyone here. No one is excluded. David had a heart to build the temple because he wanted to build God a legacy. And God wants you and I, the church, to make a difference as only we can. It's what God's putting on our hearts to do as a church. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.